Secret Key Podcast, Season 1, Episode 13, lucky number 13. Finally, we made it to this number, which is my favorite number. And the main reason uh, because I like that number is because my birthday is actually on the 13th. So... <laughs> I love that number and for me it's very meaningful, right? And today I want to speak about, um, not about the number, but about the topic that it's special to me and that is languages. Um, so today I want to ask you how many languages do you speak or uh, are you learning or do you want to learn, you know? Uh, I'm a person that enjoys learning about languages. My So my first language is Spanish. My second language is English. And when I was growing up, I wanted to learn a new language. And I, in junior high school, I got uh, French classes at school. And I hated it. I could not get into French. For me, French is not a language that um, that I enjoy speaking or writing. The main reason was because I I couldn't get into like the pronunciation. I struggled with it, and even though it's a language that when you listen to it, it's like people tend to to say like, "Oh my God, it's so romantic and it's amazing." I could not get into it. It was not easy. Then the next option that I thought was like German. But German was like, well, you know, like I'm not going to use it because I'm not planning to move to to Germany, right? So I was not getting into that language. A lot of people used to tell me like, oh, you should uh, learn uh, German because um, to make business in, in Europe, it will help you a lot. But I still was not convinced. And as you have learned throughout this series of episodes, you know that I'm more into the Asian culture, right? And uh, <laughs> I had the, the chance to study Japanese. So I started Japanese in college. And for some reason, even though I was very into Japan... I guess my Japanese classes were not as appealing as I wanted. So I did like four months and I was like, no, this is a language that I'm just going to drop out. So I, I quit and I was only into English and Spanish. So I moved to the US. Uh, I moved to New York City. And of course, when I moved to New York City, I was like, I'm in the big city. I want to try something new. I want to try like new, new stuff, you know. And one of the things that I was thinking about was languages. But uh, for those people that are not uh, familiar in terms of like, how is it like living in the US? Language classes, it's a probably expensive thing. Comparing it, of course, with Mexico, what would, which I was comparing it, right? And that was my biggest mistake because two different countries, two different ways of uh, of living. But language classes in the U.S. Were, were, were quite expensive. So I moved to New York and I I was looking for Japanese classes. And I looked through several <laughs> schools 
and all of them told me like you know this is the price and uh, it's gonna take you about five to six years to to learn the language and in my head I thought I don't have that time I was like 26 years old 27 years old and I was thinking like no I don't have this this amount of years to learn this new language and well that time I was dating my my husband which in that moment we were we were just uh, boyfriends and uh, he when 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 we uh, when we met he told me that he knew I think it was five or six languages and one of the languages that he was telling me he knew was Chinese and I was never into Chinese never I was never into Chinese culture for me it was like a very ancient culture that was not appealing to me compared to like Japan right even though they share similarities and of course they 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 have a connection between the two of them uh for me Japanese was more interesting versus Chinese I was like oh my god it's so ancient and I don't know it's not for me so I was never into it and then Working with people in, uh, that were from China, I struggled culturally speaking because I thought like, man, why are they always angry? Or like, why do they like when they talk to me, they kind of come off rude. But so my husband was like, well, I know Chinese and I used to live in China and all this stuff. So I thought, you know what, let's have something else in common. I'm going to uh, take some Chinese classes. So I looked for schools in, in New York for Chinese and there was a school that said that it would take a year to fully master this language and I was like, are you fucking serious? A whole year? This is amazing because just a language, to, just to, to be able to master it in a year, like unbelievable, right? And such a, a different language because I mean, when you like, for example, with uh, German, even though you don't share the same vocabulary, I mean, you share the same alphabet versus in Chinese, there's no, there's no alphabet uh, per se. So I was like, well, I'm going to get into that class. So even in in that uh, in that school, the teacher uh, tells you that in, if if you're not convinced about uh, how how easy it will be to fully master, then uh, she will refund you the the money on the first week. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I have no no idea about Chinese, nothing at all. And the first class I show up. And everybody is as excited as me because we are all thinking, well, it's going to take us only a year. She introduces herself and uh, she starts teaching us the basics. And the basics are something that, well, it might be simple to explain, but not simple to, to practice or to do. Chinese, for those who do not know, have four tones. Which means that every syllable has a different uh, tone, which may affect the meaning of what you're saying. Why am I saying this? Because in Chinese, there's no alphabet, right? But they do share syllables. And those syllables have four tones, which are four different words. 
and when you combine them with other syllables might sound might might create new 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 words so it's very very different from what i'm used to because in english we don't have that and in spanish we have one accent but it's just for for making an emphasis on the word on which is like the the strongest syllable but it that's it right versus in chinese you have the four tones which um the first one is just like a plain one so you say ma then you have a second one that it's more like a question like ma then you have a third one that makes like an inflection of going down and up so ma and then you have a fourth one which sounds kind of like an order ma so why am I telling you this? This is important because remember when I said that I struggled with the Chinese people working because I thought they were like yelling at me? Well, that was the main reason. They were making the tones into English because the, in some form of way they're translating their language into the new language. So when they're communicating, sometimes it comes off as if they were mad or if they were yelling at you or if they were rude, when in reality it's not. So in that class, I learned the four, the four tones. Then I start going into like the characters. So characters in Chinese, it's the way their alphabet is. Each word has a character. So for each word on the dictionary, you have to learn a new character. And imagine that because even like in Spanish or in English, you don't know your whole vocabulary. There's words that you won't know, of course, technical words, or even like words that you don't use on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So imagine how many words are out there. Even Chinese uh, do not know all the characters. And they, they, they say it, right? But it's crazy how even nowadays they have to create new characters for new words that might be related to technology. So now you have to learn how to pronunciate each syllable for each word and you have to remember each character. This person, this teacher, she was showing us all the characters and she was crazy good because for each character she was telling us a story and some characters in Chinese do have a story some may not and that's the interesting part because when you're learning something new sometimes you have to associate it in a way to be able to have it in your mind to be able to grasp it and that's the hard part right how can you associate concepts like hate or death or love, right? Peace, or even how do you say that you are just you, right? Like, how do I say the, the pronoun I and can associate it, right? Like, maybe you draw a person, but what happens if you have to draw a person? How would you represent that same uh, idea, that feeling, that, that concept? And that's the interesting part about Chinese. That's the thing that I actually find amazing of Chinese and that the reason why I keep um, studying it is because it's very challenging. Even though grammar is extremely easy and that's why this school tells you that in one year you'll be able to master it, it's because grammar in Chinese is very intuitive. It's very easy. There's no verb conjugation. It's just the simple pattern of put time, then the subject, 
and then the ob the verb and the predicate, right? Your object. And that's it. Of course, there are some other grammars that will be important, and, but the main one is there, right? But for example, if you want to say like, oh, yesterday I ate, I don't know, like bread, you don't have to conjugate the verb eat into past. You just say yesterday, yesterday I eat bread, which now if you think about it, when you talk to a Chinese person, have you ever encountered that? Where you say, man, this person doesn't know my language. This person is just conjugating it so wrong. It's not that that person is conjugating it wrong on purpose. It's just that that person is translating their language into your language. And when you think about it, it's like, wow. Because when you learn now somebody else's language and not just Chinese, right? Like in Spanish, we, we make those mistakes uh, uh, to English, you know? Sometimes we use the word compromise because in, in Spanish, we think it's one, one thing versus in English, it's a totally different meaning. And it's crazy about that. It's crazy how much um, our brain is playing, right? Our brain is trying to make a thing. Also, languages show you a lot about culture. Again, going back into the characters of the Chinese, there's, uh, there's this character about uh, security, right? And in that character, when you draw it, there's a roof, and inside that roof, there's a woman. Now, there's two versions of this character, and I don't know which one is the correct one, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not an expert and I'm just going to tell you both of them. And uh, if you're Chinese and you know the reason or like if you're a person that studied this and knows the exact reason, feel free to, to comment. Um, but the first one says that um, the reason why security is drawn that way is because in ancient times, men would keep women inside the house so that way they wouldn't uh, get hurt or nothing bad will, will happen to them, right? Now, that's one thing. The other thing that uh, one of my teachers told me was that uh, the reason why they, they, they did that was because uh, women had to stay at home in order to fulfill their destiny of being a housemaid, right? Kind of, well, not a housemaid, but like a, a woman that has to stay at, at home, right? Like they have to do everything for the men right while the men is going out to to like hunt or like uh, work the woman has to stay at, at home and she has to protect it it was interesting to me because when you think about it it shows two different things one was protecting the home versus the other one is pro protecting women one is more like a very macho thing versus the other one is not so when you start thinking about that, it shows what the mindset of that culture was and how the mindset is changing, right? It still might be there in some areas, of course, as, as many others, but it's just crazy. Or have you ever thought like in Spanish, like your words, like when you have to, when you, when you listen to a word, you don't really think about the the root of the word or what it means the word so for example in in spanish to say pastry we say bizcocho 
And bizcocho is a very interesting uh, word because in if you if you study language uh, this language, you have to break it into two, and the two parts will be b twice, and the the scocho part will be cozere, which means to cook. So if we if we unite those two things, it means that you have to cook it twice. And that's a pastry, right? Because a pastry, you sometimes have to bake it twice. But you don't think about those things. And you don't really perceive what what the actual word is. You just learn it and you say it. And it's probably the same case in Chinese. They don't they don't necessarily study each character and the story and they try to 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 say it, right? They will probably just repeat it a thousand times to remember how to write it and just that. But why am I telling you this story about language and Chinese? The main reason is because it's crazy how something so silly as like the communication between each society shows how their lifestyle is through their language, how we communicate ideas. And it's just fascinating. Have you actually ever thought about that? How just a word, you may use it in one context, but might seem to to just say something else in in a different part, right? Like when you when you think about it in um in America, for example, uh, I, I will just use this 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 word, right? Like soft drink. Nobody uses soft drink as a as a word, but in Australia and New Zealand they do. But even in America. In the north, you say pop, and in the south, you say soda. But then also in the southern part, like in Texas, I remember uh, you say Coke for everything. Even if it's just Sprite, if it's Pepsi, you would say, hey, what, what Coke do you want? And you would say like, oh, I want, I don't know, Sprite. Or what Cokes do you have? And it's crazy because Coke is not the actual word, it's the brand but we have used it in that way. We have got used to those things. And it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating how a new language can show you a lot of a culture. Sometimes, of course, the best way to understand the culture is traveling and seeing it yourself. But when you cannot travel to that country because you don't have the chance, you don't have, like right now, right, with the COVID, you cannot travel to any country. So... How can I experience or learn more about that culture? Their language is the ideal thing because you can see what they're thinking. Because when you're talking to another person that speaks a language entirely different from yours, you probably think like, man, this person speaks horrible this language. How is it possible that they're doing that? Well, because they're translating it. They're trying to just mimic what they do in their first language into their second or third language. And it's just crazy, right? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever encountered that situation where you're just sitting with that person and you're like, I don't know why this person is talking this way or why is this person being so rude? When in reality, it's made, it might be that, it, they're, that they're not rude, right? It's just crazy because... Sometimes, like in Asian culture, especially like the Chinese, sometimes they will tell you like, oh, you're fat. 
And you, like in our cultures, we will think like, wow, what an asshole. That person just literally told me that I'm big and fat, you know? Well, not big and fat, but they just told me that I'm big or fat. And, uh, and when, when, when you start learning about the language, like in Chinese, it's a common thing to say, you know? It's like, oh, well, we, 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 we just say what we see and, and it's not wrong, you know? Or... We tend to do a lot, for example, in Mexico to to excuse ourselves. We always say, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry I'm late, or I'm sorry like um, that I bumped into you, or we, we tend to say that a lot. And in Chinese, you never do that, because they do have a word to say sorry, they just rarely use it, you know? It's the same as like when you sneeze, like we always, well... A lot of people tend to say like bless you or like salud in Spanish, but in Chinese they, they don't have that word. And and sometimes it's interesting that you might sneeze next to an Asian person and that person doesn't say anything, right? And you're like, why didn't that person say uh, bless you? How how rude that person is when in reality they, they they they're just not used to it. And when you learn about their language, you learn their culture. And that's what I'm trying to make this point today. Go ahead and just start learning a new language, no matter which language it is. Whatever you're interested in, just make it a hobby. Because that way you'll be able to learn something new about a new country, a new culture, a new society. It will break the paradigm that, that you had, right? It will make you feel more like, Oh, wow, I was so wrong. And now you can, even though maybe you're not able to communicate, at least share something and say, hey, I learned this about your culture and it's pretty cool. And you know how much you're going to make in, 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 the, in the difference in that day? You make a huge difference. Don't you get happy when you're talking to somebody that is from another country and they tell you like, oh, I know a little about your language? Sometimes people get annoyed because it's like, oh, of course, you know, just the basics ones and blah, blah, blah. But at least that person is trying to make the effort to, to bond with you, to even though not be the same, at least become part of your group, enter your, your circle and influence in some form of way. Try to think about that. Try to make that thing a thought you know, today, because you know how different the world could be if we were just like sharing something so silly as like one language, we could probably get along much, much better, you know, but that's the thing. Just take one day and be like, okay, I want to learn maybe French or like understand what French do when they, when they, when they, when they talk. How do they do it, you know? And be like, wow, that's pretty cool. Or like German or Japanese or I don't know, any type of language, you know? So try that. I bet you that you're going to enjoy it and be like, well, you know what? Maybe if it takes me 10 years or 20 years to learn this language, I'll just do it for fun. So think about that. <laughs> anyway. I hope you liked today's episode. I know it wasn't too crazy, but it was just something that I was thinking in my mind. And 
I when like Chinese has become a part of myself. I enjoy that language, and I think it's a cool, a very cool thing of learning. You know. Thanks again for listening to to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And again, remember to to smile, to to be happy, to just share a good moment, a good laugh with somebody. And follow us again on our social media, SKP underscore podcast. And I hope to see you in the next one. Bye.